0: Thank you. And now, from the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California It's time for America's least listened to podcast It's Christian Ease With your blessing-filled hosts Jared Burkholder, Dan Sachoff, and Brian Irwin Welcome back to Christian Ease Dan Satchoff, Jared Burkholder with a special guest today Jared, would you like to do the honors? I'd like to <laughs> Alright Friends, this is
1: my friend Aaron Miller Aaron, tell us about yourself I am Jared's friend. That's what anybody <laughs> needs to know. That's it. That explains One of can. the highest honors you can have.
2: I've known Jared, what, since 2011? Did ministry a little bit here and there in North Carolina, and then we both ended up out here in California, and it's been
0: a fun ride. Was it only 2011? I thought it was 2010. Wow, that's going way back. Even if it's 2010, that's, that's right, far right, back there. Yeah. That's like the Flintstone times. No, Let me tell you, Aaron... Time. Scared
1: me when I first met him. He was very intimidating. I was this yeah. small church youth pastor, and I met Aaron, and Aaron just had it all together. He had, like, this amazing office. He, well, like, had... had. He just had it all together, and I'm like, oh, hi, hi sir. I, I I have 20 students that I pastor
2: yeah, poorly. I, I do kind of walk around like I have a bad case of the gout sometimes. I got, <laughs> God has blessed me with, like, a furrowed brow, and sometimes when I'm getting into my thinking zone, I look just kind of angry for Jesus and that's not what I want to put out there but you know angry for you know angry, I, I just look angry and I'm like I'm not angry
0: I don't think you look angry let me paint a picture for you guys so Jared I know Jared from our church and he is a he is a pastor there and I would I would say Jared I would say Aaron is a uh, is almost like a it's like a Clark Gable meets a lumberjack meets the incredible hulk it's that kind of an energy but for Jesus. Am I right? Oh, well, that's attractive. Yeah. <laughs> did I ever
1: tell you about the of- <laughs> We did a photo shoot when we were both in student ministry for yeah. the website. Okay. And Aaron's got like this this stare, this sultry stare that is so good. It's a smoky look. <laughs> and so yeah. Micah, a guy at our church, yeah. took the pictures and Aaron like talky, 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 talky stare. Aaron or Micah takes one picture, perfect. I step up, he takes 15 pictures. <laughs> walks away muttering, comes back, takes 15 more. Goes back five minutes later, like, hey, can we do that again? And he says this to me, you just don't have a photogenic face. Wow. Aaron's like a one-take, wow. sultry wonder. Oh my and I have a face for radio or podcasting. Yeah, that's no, true. That's
2: not true. Man, you're a good-looking dude.
1: Well, don't mind saying it. Somebody out. somebody. Come out me. It. Hey, our time's short, because this is Los Angeles. Absolutely. And all we do is sit in traffic. So And race around. So we can get back in traffic here yes. soon. Uh, we got to get Aaron out of here. Aaron, thanks for being here. Happy to be here. We've good tried day. numerous times, and by numerous times, I mean I usually ask Aaron, hey, what are you doing in 10 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 He often yeah. has things That's to do. Commitment. But, go figure. Yeah. Aaron's background is uh, studying apologetics and worldview at uh, Southeastern College and Southeastern Seminary. He's an insanely good thinker. When I need to know what I should think about something, I usually go to Aaron. Mm-hmm. So we're going to bring Aaron back a lot Probably by giving him more advance notice than 10 and minutes.
0: And I'd like to bring him back when Brian's here, too. That'd be because fun. I think that would be, yeah. you know, the conceit of the show, what yeah, we're doing. And, absolutely. And he's kind of the voice of, uh, of agnosticism, atheism, if you will, yeah. just somebody who doesn't really have a Christian worldview.
2: Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. So, Brian, if you're good. listening, we'll meet sometime.
0: Uh, don't worry, he doesn't listen to the podcast. He actually does, does he not. No, he, no he, said, he,
1: he Yeah, he... One of his rules is never listen to your own He's podcast. very proud of that, oh. which, I, which I don't
0: subscribe to. Not but. that I, I not that I go home and listen to it religiously. No, but I think myself. you have to, you have to. I, I, once in a while I like to hear the dumb things that I've said sure. and say, oh, I'm not going to say that again. Right, makes me better. You know?
1: yeah. yeah, right, right. Anyway, so, so of all the things we want to talk about, we wanted to pick your brain about certainty. Given that we're Christians who have what we would say is a certain worldview, yes. Brian espouses an uncertain worldview in agnosticism. I'm just going to open the proverbial floor. That is
2: up. a broad topic but I think you know that and I think there's a way that you can philosophically get into the weeds of that that's unhelpful and I don't want to do that I, let me say this I will say certainty is something that Christians and all people actually um, no matter what you're prescribed to but we walk in okay it's something you walk in but it is not something that transfers and I think that's where Christians especially get themselves into trouble when they feel the pressure um, uh, to maybe use their certainty or their assurances as a proof for why they believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where they end up getting in trouble because kind of certainty kind of is part of the first principles foundation by which you know you, you live your life. And if you don't know what the first principle is, it's kind of something that is just so ingrained and so assumed, self-assumed uh, part of your life that, for example, so when my daughter asked me, hey, daddy, what's your favorite ice cream flavor you say chocolate you know whatever and she starts asking questions about that well why do you like chocolate well at some point in time it's just the answer is just because I just <laughs> do and I, I don't know how to distill it any, you know any further than that and so yeah. um, it's a first principle daddy likes chocolate because he likes chocolate it, yeah. at, at some point it becomes circular and that's okay So certainty is something that I have, and I walk in that, and then as a foundation, I then build reasons and verifications for people for them to kind of hook into that maybe helps them identify with where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. But it's all kind of built, when I talk about the things that I'm certain of, it's all built around or within systems of trust and verification. So if I tell you that I had a bad dream last night of being abducted by aliens... Did you? um, Yeah, I was was going to say, is that true? No, but okay. I have had similar dreams. Okay. didn't happen last night. Did this happen like... But it was not actually a nightmare. When you were I, young? I thoroughly enjoyed the, the experience. What's that? Did
1: that happen when you were young? I mean, were you...
2: <laughs> Thank you, like Dr. Freud. Is a, is taken. You bring me back for another episode and we will... Oh, please. We'll talk
1: about. National Enquirer episode. <laughs> so,
2: but I could talk about those things and I could give you the details of the dream, but, but there's mm-hmm. no way for me to transfer the certainty of the things that I dreamt last night yes. into you. You're just going to have to trust that I'm not lying to you. Mm. Yeah. Right. So again, certainty is something that I walk in. Uh, but the moment I try to transfer that to someone else as a proof for the tenets of what I believe, that, that's just incredibly cumbersome. So,
0: in other words, you're saying, like, if you if you're speaking, if you're espousing the Christian worldview, we're talking to unbelievers, we're out in the world, you wouldn't lead with you wouldn't lead with your your certainty.
2: I wouldn't lead with it, but I would stand on it. Sure. I mean, because sure. what my certainty does is it allows me to move. With confidence and with freedom through the tenets of belief. Right. If I don't have that, I I don't. I I don't do it well. Right.
1: Can you flesh out what you mean by "I wouldn't lead with it, but I would stand on it"? How you would differentiate standing in certainty as leading with it?
2: Yeah. I mean, so when I meet Brian or or any of my friends that aren't Christian believers, I I don't lead the conversation or even. Yeah, I I guess the conversation. I don't know where else I was going to go with that, but I don't lead the conversation with "Hey, this is what I am assured of," and and then so so there you should. (laughs) Believe yeah. me. Believe my presupposition. Because I'm certain. Yeah. But that's just not the way yeah. it works. Right. Um, but if you're standing on it. as a verification, yeah. and then they yeah. look at me and say, you seem quite certain of this. Like, well, in fact, I am. I'm yes. standing in certainty. And here's
1: why.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: That's... What a- what are I they? don't know if that's
2: what you're looking for, but that's... Yeah, no, no.
1: I I just, I'm that's looking great. for you, man. I think one of the, the interesting <laughs> things, the challenging things about interacting with an agnostic, at least from my vantage point, is it's always easier to poke holes in other people's belief than it is to assert something. Yeah. And so even with Brian or other people I might interact with, we're asserting something and they tend to... And, and Brian does this, right? He'll poke holes. Uh-huh. Or Christians do this. Christians do this. So what do you think are some helpful principles... Um, whether it's with an agnostic or just somebody who's apart from the Christian faith on how to interact with people in a way that still asserts the content of the gospel, yeah. but also it helps them understand and explore their own worldview.
2: Well, I think it helps to find common ground. I mean, I don't know exactly what Brian means by he has an uncertain worldview. I would imagine that as he and I were, we would have a conversation, we would at least agree on some things that we are certain of and mm-hmm. would we would have that as a commonality. So when he says that my worldview is uncertain, I mean, there's in, in some ways in which I suppose I could equally say, yeah, there are certain things I'm uncertain, sure, about, sure. in my worldview. I don't have tangible proof of certain things, but I have assurances by you know that I walk in. Um, again, that's just for me to walk in. That's not for me to transfer to Brian or to anyone else. But so you find that common. Ground And I think Mm -hmm. from there, trust is developed and you begin to kind of, I I think, develop categories uh, that deepen that conversation. And those conversations and the the content of those conversations, as we all have experienced, begins to kind of develop certain, well, certainties. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, I just kind of know that's true. Right. Right? It's strange. I can't necessarily transfer that to anyone else, but I just kind of... No, a book I would recommend, it's really philosophical, but again, I would recommend it to Brian. It's by a guy named um, Jay Butzizinski. Big, big last name. He's a doctor. and
1: His last name is Butzizinski? Butzizinski, Butziz- Butziz- Butziz-
2: yes. Wow. That kid got beat Polish guy, no, <laughs> but I, I don't know if that's <laughs> a uh, So I could be Bourgeois botching Zewsky. his name, Alex yeah. But the title of the book is yeah. uh, What You Can't Not Know. Interesting. What you can't and the double negative obviously is intended there. Yes. What what you can't not know. So there are things that just Brian and I are going to just gonna agree know. on. Yes.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. We can't prove it, but yeah, right. we're standing in it. Right. Yeah. Well, I think part of it with Brian too is that he. I don't know that he would articulate. He's unsure in his worldview because again, when we first started talking to him, he we we said everybody has a worldview. He's like, "What's a worldview?" Yeah, he's like, right, "He's sure. like, no, I don't have a worldview." Here's right. and then he proceeded to tell us what his worldview was. Right. But now, as we as we start defining our terms with him, which I think is kind of crucial with with every conversation, is is. Um, kind of defining those terms, and because now he will espouse, he'll say, okay, I know you guys talk about sin and brokenness, and right. he's starting to put some of the pieces together, and he's starting to articulate a, a worldview that he's always had, but he didn't realize he had.
2: Yeah, sometimes it just is, it's terminology, isn't it? I mean, some yeah. of the things that we say are just windsocked terms to right. other people.
0: Well, that's the title of our podcast, Christianese. I mean, yeah, Christianese— we gotta be able, right? Yeah, we gotta you be got to be
2: able to accommodate it right. into a kind of a palatable understanding— uh, yeah. way to work from. So, you know, like palatable, I don't mean we compromise. I don't mean that we, we, we bend any of the tenets of no. uh, biblical faith, but you know, you, you just understand how God has done this and right. the Bible is actually proof enough. Uh, that's why half of it is in Hebrew and Aramaic and the other half is in Greek. He
1: accommodates it. Right. Hey, oh, right. right. look at that. So, I think one of the, culturally one of the challenges that we have to think about in presenting the gospel is living in a in a pluralistic society. We present a mm. message that is exclusivistic, right? There's an inherent yeah. Um, those who are in Christ belong yeah. to Him or part of His family. Those who are apart from Him aren't right. Um, because I know you, I know you're you're meeting with a couple this week um, that have some questions about that. As you think about helping Christians uh, think about how to not not shave the edges off exclusivism, but present mm-hmm. that well? What are some principles you think that can guide? How is it that you talk about there really is only one way in Scripture um, by which people can be saved, but how do we help engage people who just don't even come from a framework where that seems loving or helpful or possible?
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, so a, a pluralistic way of living isn't livable. It's it's, it's romantic it's kind of a romantic notion that all roads would lead to some glorious end and that all equations have the, um, the the same sort of input and output. It's just not the way it works. And so when we're talking about the tenets of the Christian faith and there being only one way to Jesus, um, I, I, I don't quite understand how people can't logically wrap their minds around that um, but I can understand how they would maybe emotionally struggle with that. Sure, and so that tends to be where I have to have the conversation because it's logical. Something cannot be both a and non a at the same time. I mean, so they they understand the logic of it. Mm-hmm. I find people wrap their minds around it very easily, but yeah. emotionally, that's where we need to do a lot of work.
0: Right, right, right.
2: Yeah. So that takes time, and that that again takes time in a relationship.
0: And a lot of times, I don't think that we. I think. I've been guilty of this in the past, but like we we, we have that shark mentality, so we don't we don't allow for the time right. that it takes to unpack the nuances. We've seen this sure. with Brian where, you know, some of the pushback we will get occasionally is that hey, you need to lay and of course Scripture is great. We have to yes. we have to present that stuff, but yes. but you you also have to present a framework sometimes because somebody who is so pro Christian somebody somebody who's been inoculated already to this and right. it's not any even in their realm right. you have to set the stage a little bit otherwise it it doesn't make any sense.
2: No, to... so you can't use you know, the logical equation to address the emotional struggles they're having. And, mm-hmm. and, so, and, and so when people reach for that tool bag, it's abusive. It's obnoxious. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've dealt with people, their only point of reference for Christianity is what they've seen on The Simpsons. Right. And while I can right. appreciate that yes. as a, you know.
1: <laughs>
2: as a Matt Groening a, fan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But
2: when I find that kind of, post-Christian mindset where their only point of reference is what pulp culture gives them. I mean, there's a lot of deconstructing that has to take place before I start rebuilding that world. Absolutely.
0: And then we're finding that more and more. And sometimes I think that we don't, like last week we even asked Brian, we we got to thinking about it. We're like, you know, we've talked about the gospel with him and I've given Brian the gospel, but never presented it as such over the 20 years I've known him. And we got to thinking, gosh, when we say gospel, what does that mean? He didn't, there's he no point of reference he didn't know what yeah. the gospel was right. so we gave yeah. it to him right. uh, again it's, it's a incremental thing let me put on my Brian hat for a second when you guys say pluralistic let's what is what is pluralism for somebody who's just tuning in who is like a Brian who would say "What's what do you mean when you say pluralistic
2: yeah I, I kind of referenced it a little bit in my explanation of Jared's question but like this idea that all roads really do lead to the same end mm-hmm. and um, this eclectic homogeny of society is while well, that's a beautiful thing to imagine mm-hmm. um all belief really is wrapped into a final ending point so sure. whether you are an atheist whether you're a theist whether you're heterosexual homosexual mm-hmm. um whatever ethnicity you are that, that it really all has uh, some sort of final moral outcome right and that's true to a point. So yes. that has nothing to do with race. That has nothing to do with language. has nothing to do with... Tra- I mean, the the final analysis of God's kingdom is very eclectic. It's a beautiful homogeneity of diversity there, right? Right. Um, but when it comes to certain moral outcomes that doesn't apply to... So we would put sexual ethics into that. Yeah. Um, we would put political... We would put all sorts of ethics into sure. that. There are just... There are do's and don'ts of the universe. Right. That's just the way it works. Right. To deny that is to dig your own grave, mm-hmm. and that that's really where we're coming from. Yeah, um, as Christians, right, yeah. right.
0: Well, and also people will say that that's that's the pushback I get a lot of times. How dare you say that that is the only way, and that my child, for instance, right. is is bound for destruction eternally? And it's like, yeah. well, but everybody has an exclusive sure. truth claim, claim don't right. they? I mean, by saying that you don't have one, you're you're saying that's you know that that Jesus is not. Who he said he yes. was? That that's an exclusive. So, so
2: yeah. So, so for so but so I want to preserve the word the word plural or pluralistic mm-hmm. for maybe um, non Christian listeners. Yes, we want to embrace pluralism um, in a lot of areas in our Christian faith, and we could talk about how we structure our church leadership. We could talk about the final analysis of the kingdom. Sure. Um, we could talk about uh, how beautiful that is. In God's system and in God's economy, but when we use that plurality and that eclectic homogeny um, and and It for our own purposes in our own end we end up hurting ourselves So so all things given by God according to God's systems are for our blessing. So when God speaks of exclusive um, tenets of the faith and uh, there's a way in which the back end of that is inclusive for all people who would believe. Right. So it's only Jesus and yet all who out upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not exclusive right. to the audience. And right. I think that's just emotionally how they, how they yes. hear that. You know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, you absolutely. Know. We got five minutes before yeah, you sure. need to leave. Um, I keep asking for principles, but but I just want to use your brain. I want to shamelessly use your brain to be helpful to the four people I don't even that know if I've been this. helpful yet. I feel like I've just...
0: No, no, no. You've been, I've been thoroughly helpful. Help. And again, this afterwards. is one of many. This is oh, one okay. of many this conversations. This is one of at least a
1: dozen paid... I'm going to go back and listen
0: to that and be like, yeah,
2: that was wrong. I don't
0: want <laughs> to really think That's that. That's what
1: I do every time. That's why I listen to it, so I can beat myself up. It's part of my mirror beat My thinking's
2: pluralistic. Routine. Yeah. yeah. You
1: <laughs> um, but you know, one of the things we've talked about, you and I have talked about, is um, the importance of being willing to to engage unbelievers right huh. to, to not beat them over the head evangelism isn't yep. running people shoot them with a gospel gun and then run away right um the again, how matters is, right this is yeah. super yeah. general but just give us some some thoughts or some principles on how to effectively do that right so we don't just roll up to people and say so hell's real you're going there here's well, how you not here's how you get out of hell card um yeah i want to go back to that word
2: accommodate um Again, I think there's a way in which people hear that word and they think, oh, a compromiser. Well, if that's the way you want to take it, that's fine. But accommodation happens all over the place in Scripture. Yeah. And for 20 centuries of church history, sure. that is actually plowed forward the way in which the gospel, amongst other things like persecution and and, and and other things like that. But but God has always accommodated the message accordingly because he's a sovereign and good God. Right. I mean, that's our take on it. So the way in which I'm going to communicate the gospel to my three children is not going to be the same way that I communicate the gospel um, to my neighbor across the street who is an unbeliever. Um, will it be the same tenets and pillars of the faith? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to work those... Uh, conversational points differently with my neighbor across the street because of his background, and he's coming out of Latin America, um, kind of in a mystic Catholic background, Mm -hmm. really, that's unhelpful. I want to deconstruct any sort of preconceived notion he might have. Sure. um, That's just not the case with my oldest son, Noah, right? And that's a simple, maybe overly simple example. But you will meet people increasingly in America that look, I mean, Jared and I lived in the Bible Belt for a long time, and yep. a lot of what we had to do was maybe disenfranchise people of what they thought Christianity was yep. because it was so thick and ingrained into the society there.
0: Absolutely. In a
2: small kind of way, Santa Clarita tends to have its own Bible Beltish feel, sure, in yeah. its own unique Californian sure. way, Absolutely. and so we are kind of in the same sort of groove and rhythm when it comes to that. I, I want to disenfranchise people from what they think Christianity is, and sometimes that means I hit it from a different angle. It's just accommodating certain terms and and uh, certain mindsets so that they understand. Not so that I can bait and switch them. Right, that's right, right, right. key. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if if it's a gimmick, if I have yep. to kind of like put the gospel message in a in a headlock and and manipulate it emotionally sure. so that I can just kind of convince them, that's yeah. actually that's a weak God behind that gospel. Right, right, right. Um, it's not the way it works. I want people to have an understanding and faith and understanding walk hand in hand. They're doing they're doing the salsa together. <laughs>
0: they <laughs> are in a dance. doing a dance. I love it. They're, They're doing the salsa yeah. together. You heard it here first. We heard it Christian here.
1: Days. We're working on a new uh, track for that, a new album. No, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, I think evangelism isn't just speaking the gospel at people, right? We believe that it's only the spirit of God through the word of God that can actually save. Yeah. But we don't, the gospel isn't some kind of info dump that we just drop on people. We're actually engaging people as people, as souls. Mm-hmm. There's plenty right?
2: of examples, even in Acts, where that takes place. Yes, mm-hmm. you have heralding moments where Peter pulls up a soapbox and stands on it and yes. starts preaching. Yes. yes. Sure. But that is that is not all you see. Sure. You see a lot of examples where people are coming alongside of John the Baptist disciples and, and giving them kind of a fuller understanding, a more yeah. morbid understanding of what the yeah. gospel is, conversations, relationships. Yes. Um, I, think, I think what happens is people... Uh, sink their teeth into these examples, maybe in church history, even in scripture themselves, and think, well, this is what's normative of the human element. That's not necessarily what the Bible is saying. Right? Uh, what the Bible is describing in narrative form is just the activity of God sovereignly saving people with the power of the gospel. Right, Um, right. And so we just need to use the scriptures rightly when it comes to understanding how people grasp it.
0: Yes, Mm. and I think to your friend Randy Starkey's point that we we talked to that time, I think there's room for everybody, and that's one thing I've been, to use a Christianese buzzword, Mm. convicted of, uh, as we've been speaking to Brian and other people I've been talking to is like, I'm pretty good sometimes with setting a stage and talking in general terms, but I don't always have a scriptural base to go, because I think you have to have both things, right? You have to also be able to back it up from what you, what the source material is, why you. You believe this because I think it was interesting to get Brian's take when we did read out of the Bible. He's like, hey, that sounds really good. Now his disconnect is well, I see Christians behaving in a way that don't line up with what you just said, but that's humanity and that's that's brokenness that we get back to with him and he's like, uh you know Yeah. yeah. Yada yada.
1: Well we gotta let our brother Aaron go. This yes. was a foretaste of glory divine
0: thank you oh for my driving gosh. all the way across town oh, for literally can you guys get back to oh, okay. seminary already please is, we literally just talk to each other in hymn titles Holy. every Thursday <laughs> well then we have to have him in sometime when we do hymn title or romance novel oh that's a great game it's a great game there. we've yeah. played before it would be great that sounds fantastic but Jared wins every single time <laughs> that's right because I grew up singing the hymns
1: well I yeah, hope it was helpful
0: it brother thank you and we would love to have you anytime again listen to us we're gonna uh, come back and we can keep talking here in a second oh but
1: yeah yeah absolutely you guys remember uh, Dan only has one key to his door so
0: we actually have to let Aaron all right, Aaron is safely out of the compound.
1: You know, I appreciate that we all would give an armed escort. You guys may have felt that that last twenty-two minutes was rushed.
0: You'd be right. <laughs> so here's the. Let, let me let me just set the set the stage for you guys. So I had an audition all the way across town in Santa Monica. For something I definitely won't get, but that's all right. <laughs> and so I'm coming home, and we're trying to all meet up here, which is what we always do in our kind of our, our, our ghetto fashion of of recording in my uh, my den here or my office. Uh, anyway, so Jared and uh, and Aaron were kind enough to uh, bear with me as I had to push the time, but Jared, but Aaron has a previous commitment. So, yeah. but we want to have him up back many many times. Yeah, and we'll
1: actually have longer time to talk. Yeah, oh, just take a breath. Oh. I mean the. the the traffic on Soledad was bad. I was I was yelling. I was not. Really? I was not a a benevolent person. I was, wanted to get here. So I'm glad you said. I just want to, to center, center myself yeah. right now. Yeah. If I could just if I can yeah. do you that. you want to if just could take just a second? Center my chakra
0: and my energy. Okay, great. Do you need any kind of hallucinogens to do that or anything? Because I don't. I don't have that in my so home. I'm always on shrooms. Really? I Never am not. Really?
1: Yeah. It, the world's just too challenging of a place.
0: Okay, all right, that's good. That's fair enough, I guess. So, uh, anyway, it was Christian. It's that- Christianese.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, I was thinking,
0: so we're talking about this kind of yeah. uh,
1: ethereally or, or yeah. principially, but from a practical standpoint, uh-huh. you and I work in very different places. I work around mostly Christians, or at least people. I work around Christians. Yeah. Um, yeah. You work in a very different world. As you interact with people, you know, just in life, um, but but you're really wonderful about starting worldview conversations. How do the things mm-hmm. that we just talked about actually show themselves in reality? I mean, do you find, yeah. is it a Christian stereotype mm-hmm. um, that everybody's a pagan who's just ready to fight? And like, oh, I'm glad you said that about your worldview. Here's what I believe. You know, are, are people yeah. pluralistic? Are people agnostic? Are they upset about the exclusivism of Christianity or not? Where you where do you experience that? I
0: think you find a little of, of all of that. I don't know if there is one thing. I mean, the people that I deal with, I mean, primarily, you know, when Jill and I are out in the world and, and we're talking to people, I find that most of the time, I, I, I've it's been very rare that somebody uh, wants to fight just because uh, I'm bringing up a worldview or a Christian. If it comes up, you know, organically enough, I think more often than not, it's like Brian where, Gosh, I just think the point of reference is either the Simpsons or some pop culture thing or Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, Or Fox News, right? Or Fox News, yeah. or it's a political thing. Like we've seen that. how many times have we seen that with Brian? Right. I mean, at the end of last week's conversation, after presenting the gospel to Brian, and I'm I'm not, you know, I would tell him we told him this to his face, but right. then it gets to it kind of gets back to a political thing and like, well, there's people at the border, and, and and I get it because we're in such a divided time right now. Now I do notice that there are times where people will equate politics with uh, a Christian ethic or a Christian worldview. But again, I think that is, I don't believe that's necessarily true because I think there has always been, we, we can look at any past. Like I watched that Jim and Tammy Faye Baker thing last week on 2020. It was right. fascinating. But, but, but there, that stuff has always existed in, you know, that's, that's fallenness and brokenness, like we talked about ad nauseum with Brian, but that's sin. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not a reflection on Christianity. That's a reflection on how poorly humans, uh, you know, practice the gospel. Well, and I think there is a strong, I mean, to Brian's point, you know, it's funny, we do always get to
1: politics, but to his point, I think there's a sense in which um, people just have this stereotype of what Christians are like right yes. now, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I think that in some ways is foisted upon us. But in other ways, we've embraced that, right? We've talked I, yeah, about right, right. America as a Christian nation, and we've talked about all these principles that seem to undergird what Republicans yeah. believe. Yeah. And so there's this conflation of white evangelicals and Republican mm-hmm. ideology. And so when one or the other goes mm-hmm. south, then I think both of those identities are wed together. And you know the thing we've been trying to, to say to Brian is— As Christians, we need to do a better job peeling those identities off of each other, right? Right. Certainly, there are things about a Republican platform that mirror uh, principles in Scripture, but we have to very clearly admit that is not true down the line. There are things about a Republican platform currently that absolutely do not mirror a biblical platform. And then certainly, when you fold in the personalities mixed up on either end, they are... They're bad representations of what any gospel, especially the Christian gospel, is like.
0: Absolutely, and I think think we get into trouble, too, when, like, you've talked about this, and I think we talked about this last week, but with uh, how we identify. Okay, do you identify, like, you know, I grew up in a very political world um, I still I enjoy politics but i I realize that politics are something too for me that provokes a lot of the worst in me in terms of wanting to win an argument even if it's even if I'm not right on something I want to win because I used to debate I, I love those kind of things and I find myself carrying that into the gospel sometimes so right. I end up carrying uh, conversations about Christianity with somebody and I can I can catch it in myself wanting to have the best argument I want to read every apologetic book that's going to answer every question paint you into a corner and ha I yeah win. Gotcha. You know, and I have to watch that in myself, but also I think we have to watch demonizing people's motives. I think there are people from Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party, Republican, whatever. There are people from all walks of life who- You think the Green Party, really? I, I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Is that even ex- around <laughs> no. anymore? You know what I mean? Other than Kermit the Ralph Frog? Ralph Nader. Yeah, Ralph. But I think, you know, we have to watch demonizing people's motives because can we, you know, you tend to be somebody who's more on the liberal end of, of the spectrum. I'm probably somebody who, in a lot of ways, is on more of the conservative side. But I would never, knowing you, because we're un- unified in Christ, right. I wouldn't demonize your motives because I would know you want the best thing. We may have different ideas of how to get yeah. there, but again, we get ourselves into trouble because if I'm identifying primarily as... As a political entity and being Yeah As a Christian that I gotta rethink that thing. Yeah and I don't demonize you to your face But when I go home I like you up That's fine Janelle. And I would rather have you do that you That up. way because if you were here And did it I would choke you out And you would be yeah, crying You know, In, in a, probably a pool I mean, of your own urine In the corner a Republican You're so right. violent person
1: <laughs> No I think one of the wonderful <laughs> things About talking to Brian um, Has been Me painfully learning To listen to listen And not yeah. listen to respond Which is kind of a platitude But I think oh. we all do that, right? You're, you're interacting with somebody who has a different worldview than you. And rather than trying to actually understand what they're saying, yes. you're thinking about the next quip you can give that's gonna be that aha moment. Yes. Right? And, and I think it doesn't even match our theology, right? Right. Our theology does not lead us to believe that if we get enough aha moments that stack up next to each other, mm-hmm. then someone's gonna come to faith in Christ. Right. Right? Uh, our theology also doesn't lead us to believe that if we can just answer all their objections. I think yes. it's being both in our demeanor in our disposition and in the things that we would say, an accurate reflection of what the mm-hmm. gospel of Jesus Christ is about. Mm-hmm. Holding that, you know, we, we talk about it a lot at our church, um, but actually holding that line between truth and love yeah. and and not compromising in any way what the gospel says, but also in, in the way we talk about it and even the way we represent Christ, mm-hmm. to Brian's point, in our action, um, actually showing what, what that kind of love looks like. And I think Absolutely. one of the ways we start doing that, just yeah. to take us back to why we're doing this whole yeah. thing, is... Yeah. Um, is to love people enough to listen, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that I actually believe the gospel's powerful enough that if I listen to you, mm-hmm. and don't just you know shut you up and force you to listen to me, yeah. yeah. Um, that over the course of the relationship that God would allow us to be in, that you're gonna see clearly the hope of Jesus Christ, right? Right. Now people will choose to reject that, right? Absolutely. Um, people might choose to sidestep that; they might be apathetic to it, or they might believe it. We see that response in the gospels, but I don't. I shouldn't ever feel like it's my job. Um to convert someone in what I say, and that should lead me to be benevolent that's the word we've used a lot in this conversation about this podcast be benevolent in the way we interact with people yeah so that I don't have to be afraid to let Brian say what he says right, right. I don't right. have to try to right. shut him up or shut him down right I can I can be eager and I am eager to hear his worldview and understand yes. where he's coming from understand how his background plays into that understand how his current beliefs play into that yeah and winsomely. <laughs> it's a played word, but winsomely and lovingly, just yeah. engage him right, right without right. feeling the pressure that you know. It's like we said last time. It's not a sitcom. We're not trying to close deals at the right. end of this. Right. Um, I believe there's truth. I believe that um, what the Bible says is true, and I believe that truth is powerful enough to win over objections. Yes. Um, I don't need to to circumvent. Yeah being faithful to
0: them. And it may not be immediate. It may not be an immediate thing. And I think we all, I think as, especially in our culture right now, immediacy is everything. We want everything and we want it right now. I want to close the Holy Deal. I want him to come to faith right this minute. Hallelujah. See you later. I'm on to the next person. And it's like, that's 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 not reality too for well, everybody. It's
1: not reality. and It's not reality for anybody,
0: right? Yeah. And even when it is,
1: there's something suspect about it. But I think yeah. you think about people who've been faithful gospel workers internationally for their whole life. Yeah. yeah. Um. You're not a failure to go to a place and stand for truth and build relationships with people. Your success is not measured on whether mm-hmm. you have five converts in 10 years or right. 5,000 converts, right? Right, right. right. Um, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. God chooses to use people differently. So I know pastors who labor in obscurity in the Midwest and other parts that nobody will ever know about. Right. Who are better men than some of the, the big preachers that everybody knows about, sure. right? And it's not because they're less talented than those guys. It's just the calling on our life is to be faithful and to trust the results up to God, right? Right. So God might use my interaction in a big way to draw somebody to himself or to encourage somebody, or it might be a small piece of a much larger picture of what God's doing. But my calling isn't to evaluate the success, quote unquote, of what I'm doing by the results
0: because results aren't up to me. And we all say
1: we believe that, but then I think our methodology sometimes shows that there's a gap between that belief and how we actually Go about things,
0: and another gap that I think that we've seen in our conversations with Brian too is it we cannot. Um Undercut, and uh, we we need to count the importance of how we live our lives, and not from a moralistic standpoint. Of course, you know you 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 want to you want to be better all the time than you were yesterday. But why is it is it because we are much forgiven and we're so filled with grace to the point that you know uh, rather than just being a good person, but because we, we know that we're not going to ever be there's no such thing as a good person right. from our worldview, right? View, right? Yeah. But our life shouldn't leak all the time as a Christian. And when somebody looks at it, you know, we can't discount the fact that somebody's looking at our life and saying, gosh, over time, this person is saying this to me, and they live their life in such a way that, you know, those two things together, that might, that might move the needle. God might use that for his glory to be, you know, I think that Brian a lot of times sees a disconnect between how professed Christians live their life— um, and the things that they believe and that they say they believe. Yeah. Well, that's the human problem, right? Right. And yeah. we're and not immune for that.
1: Not at all. And I can't remember if we talked about it on the last episode or if just you, you and I talking about it. But yeah. you know, I, I, we have to remember that just because people don't represent truth well yes. doesn't detract from the truth. Right. I think we kind of intellectually go there, right? right. But right. we have to admit that all of us or I should say none of us are going to be a perfect representation of any ideology, right. particularly the gospel of Jesus. Christ, oh, right? amen. Amen. And so I, I think one of the things we need to, what I'm trying to say, Dan, is <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a duality here. We need to be better people. Yeah. We need to be James yeah. kind of people, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not a, it's not necessarily being more socially justice aware or, you know, more compassionate or whatever. It's bigger than that. It's about living out the effects of the gospel in our life. It's about and, saying, yes, this is my identity. This is my hope. That causes me to think about my own personal righteousness differently. It causes me to think about my family differently, my time differently, my money differently, my interactions with others. That's a it's a permeating kind of ideal. So and we passion, need to yes. do better at that. Right. But I think we also need to be more strenuous and more bold to say, just because there are people in the world who claim Christianity but don't live it out, does not detract from the reality of Christianity.
0: And right? you and I have talked about that, and I think that's something we've learned that's been really important in feedback that we've gotten as you and I have re listened to things that we have multiple conversations with Brian. Is that we can also push back on some things and be better at pushing back. I know I can be when when somebody, Brian or anybody else we're talking to, says, you know, the, the tried and true. Well, yeah, but it, you know, all the phony Christians in the world that ruins it for everybody. You need to. Get Get your message better or whatever. Like you know, we were talking last week. Right, it's like, well, yeah, but we can also. I think we can push back and say, yeah, but the things that you're saying, look at look at the many good things that people have done. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and discount everything just because people are not perfect and they don't execute perfectly. You know, and I think that's somewhere where you and I, going forward, we can be better in a winsome way, like you said, uh, pushing back a little bit and, and saying, yeah, but have you thought about this? And and whether it's with scripture and with uh, practical things of, of people who have, you know, you can look at the many Christian institutions that have have improved life in civilization. Yeah, you know? right. And that's still true. That's still true today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any good Christianese buzzwords that you've heard recently? That's a great question because I was going to ask Aaron and we didn't have we enough didn't time. Have time and I'm trying to think of you got I anything? heard something the other day that just was was fantastic but um, now I don't have anything new I'll have to I'll have to think about it and next I've time reached the
1: point something. in the week where there's nothing <laughs> going on between my ears I don't know if this happens <laughs> to you Oh yeah but usually after lunch that's true but man by so yeah. Thursday's my Friday Yeah and yeah, yeah, by yeah. Thursday Yeah if, it'll be a wonder if I get home, like if I don't just wander the streets or drive in
0: circles. Did you leave a trail of breadcrumbs from your home to here?
1: I actually let a, left a, a rope. It was a chain. Okay. Really. Okay. So that was part of the reason there was traffic. I was causing yeah. massive pileups behind me, but sure. I needed that for me. That was for me, you know? <laughs> so other people need to do what they got to do. I got to take care of me personally.
0: Yes. All right. Well, uh, this was a great conversation. Again, this is the first of many, hopefully, with uh, with you know, Mr. Miller And uh, there's a whole bunch of people I want to just get back on here, and hopefully we can have them with Brian at some point, too, because I think these are all important conversations to have with him. Because I think there is a million places where he would insert and say, whoa, wait a second, what are you talking about with that? Because I think, again, something you and I have seen with Brian is Brian is indicative of many, many people who don't think too deeply about any of the existential issues because – they're either afraid to, they're not interested right or now. He admitted, right? Yeah, I got other stuff going on. That was his answer. And he's also never had anything to kind of drive him to think about some of these bigger things. And I'm, I'm, you know, in a way, I'm happy for that because I, I don't wish death and destruction and, and right. trial and tribulation on anybody. But sometimes, especially as Christians, that's what drives our faith deeper. Yeah, when and things and it are great. us to wake up and ask yes.
1: existential questions, right? Right. And I think I would love to have him and Aaron on because, like we said yeah. before. It's not our goal to talk about Brian. It's our goal to talk to Brian. Yes. Right? Yeah. And to, to people who don't
0: hold a Christian worldview and to try right. to
1: understand them better.
0: Right, 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 right. Um,
1: and to think about, okay, how do we how do we engage in a helpful way?
0: Yeah, and I think it's helpful, though, for you and I sometimes to have these debriefs, again, not talking about him, but I think it, it helps me anyway clarify, oh, yeah, okay, when when he said this, because sometimes in the moment things are flying and you're like, oh, I should have said this or I could have said that and I could have answered it. Sometimes it's helpful. I'd love to give people a little glimpse into what our thinking is, because it may help them in a thought process when they're dealing with somebody in their life that they want to share with and kind of see, oh, what are, what are these guys thinking about? What are they going through? Because I bet you anything, a lot of things that Brian has said and the conversations we've had mm. have been replayed out with many people who've listened to this podcast.
1: Yeah. At least you know, the half dozen that listen to it.
0: I don't even know. I think that's, that's being true. generous. That's high. I think that's, that's high. very high. That's high. I think we got Barb, we got your mom, um, yeah,
1: so that bubble burst
0: when I was with my parents in Florida. Oh, um, don't tell me. Don't yeah. tell me. Lisa's not listening.
1: Let's just call it.
0: Let's just call Lisa it Burkholders words. doesn't listen to this podcast? No. Okay, Uh, I'm going to need a defibrillator and uh, I'm going to need three ounces of uh, saline stat because I may be having a heart attack right now. I can't (laughs) believe that. Uh, All right, look, Uh, I I hear the music already. Barb is hard at work. She's playing our theme music out. Uh, Through the arthritis, too, which I think is just... Which is incredible because her hands literally look like clubs. Well, they're clubs, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, they literally closed around. The other day she played Just As I Am with her elbows, which was... It was a powerful rendition because this is literally... That,
0: that's yeah. just how she was. I know. And then she was playing. Oh, man. And when I saw that, I wanted to get her on AGT right away because I think she could win all the money. It would be great. And then we could you know, put it into a missionary fund or something. Yeah, you know? I wouldn't mind fleecing Barb if we had the chance. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right. Uh, give us a review on uh, podcasts everywhere, Apple, uh, wherever it happens to be. It was great Other to see you guys. podcast platforms. Other podcast platforms. Uh, this is Christian Ease. We'll see you next time.